Welcome back to The Rack Podcast. This is Sonia. If you didn't catch the last episode featuring all-around inspiring Kai Miller, you can listen to that one and all the Rack Podcasts at rack.edu or wherever you're listening to us right now. We've got another incredible guest with us today. Her education includes criminal justice, sociology, and school counseling. She relocated to Massachusetts but eventually found her way home to Reading and recently began working as a high school counselor with Reading Senior High School. There's so much more to mention, so let's jump right in. Please welcome Megan Giles. Thank you, Sonia. I'm so excited to be here. So was studying criminal justice always your plan after graduating high school? It was not. When I was in high school, I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what my future looked like. I was very involved with sports in high school, and my life revolved around my my sports and social life, and even academically. I always just stayed, I did well enough to stay eligible for sports, um, because that was my primary focus. So as I was approaching my senior year, I had no plan. And my my father kind of sat me down and said, you're either going to go off to college, you need to go into the military, or you need to get a job. I had no skills to have a to have a good job to go right into the workforce. I do have a heart and lung condition. My heart's on the right side and I only have one lung, so the military wouldn't take me. So off to college it was. I had no idea what I wanted to study. I took a psychology course as an elective my senior year of high school and I really, really liked it. So I said, let's go for psychology. And I did and I went off to IUP, Indiana University of Pennsylvania out in Western PA. I was on their cheerleading squad. I cheer for football and uh, men and women's basketball out there. But after my first year, I quickly learned that psychology wasn't the field for me at that time. So I I really had a lot of interest in the criminal justice field. I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I just was really drawn to that field. I I love those courses. They were more intriguing to me. So that's what I decided to pursue it once I got to IUP was criminal justice with a minor in social work. So interesting to hear you say that because I also didn't know what I wanted to do right out of high school. And I sort of entered the workforce and I was serving and I thought, you know, this is great and this is going to be perfect for me. And then eventually I thought, oh goodness, I have to do something. Right. And that was when I came to Rack and still didn't really know what I wanted to do, but took a couple of classes and had some people that helped me along the way. That's awesome. So that's great just to hear your story that it's okay not to have it all together. Right. Right, right. And I was really, really fortunate that during the summer, right before my senior year of, uh, of college at IUP, I was offered an internship experience right here in Berks County at Berks County Children and Youth Services. And at that time, I didn't even know what Berks County Children and Youth Services did or, you know, what their purpose was. And I did a full-time internship that summer with with CYS. And that was probably the best thing I ever did because, again, I had no plan once I graduated from college. So I was able to do that internship and they actually offered me a full-time position as soon as my internship was done. So I was actually a credit shy of my degree in criminal justice and a minor in social work when they had offered me um, an intake position at Berks County Children and Youth Services. So what do they do there? Because I read about it and I thought also, I don't know what they do there. So Berks County Children and Youth Services is the child welfare agency here in Berks County. We um, we receive and we investigate reports of child abuse and neglect. So as an intake case manager, my job was charged with when we receive those reports of child abuse and neglect from community referrals, it was my job to go out and investigate those cases. Cases. And I had 30 to 60 days to do to do that. And then at that time, I decided whether you know we were going to remove the child from an unsafe situation, whether we were cl- going to close the case because it was not founded, or whether we were going to offer the family more services here in the community. Oh, OK. 
Okay, interesting. So what made you decide to go to Massachusetts eventually? Great question. So I worked for the county for a few months shy of six years when life took me to Massachusetts. I uh, I was in a long-term relationship with my college boyfriend and we decided let's live in Massachusetts. That was his hometown at the time. Um, and I was, again, blessed with a really great opportunity. I began employment with uh, the Massachusetts Department of Corrections. And we had a few family friends up in the Massachusetts area that worked for the Department of Corrections. It was an opportunity for me to incorporate my degree and my sports background because I became a recreation officer. So my job, I was responsible. I was pretty much the gym teacher of a female maximum security state prison. I oversaw the the recreation department. I was the only recreation officer in our facility at that time. And my job was pretty much create games and activities to keep our female inmates entertained and keep them busy. So I did anything from talent shows, to I had um, a, a garden, a 15-plot garden outside wow. that we harvested and cropped our own vegetables. We did crocheting. I had art classes. I had volleyball. I had basketball. You name it, I was able to, to structure all of that, and it was really, really fun. And I don't think people realize how important that job is because when you work in, in a female correction facility, any correction facility, it's really important to keep the climate at bay. You, know, you, you want to make sure all officers and all inmates are safe at all times. And they can be a really intense environment. So by having structured activities to keep inmates and and even ourselves as staff safe and busy was really something that I enjoyed. It was probably one of the most coolest jobs I had. Just being able to create any activity that I thought was healthy and safe for the inmates and the staff. And we had a really good time. I'm talking movies. It was a really, really good gig at that time for me. That is cool. Mm -hmm. So what was the training like to get into the Department of Corrections? (laughs) The training? Training was not so cool. I'm just <laughs> kidding. No, I, I did have to complete a 10-week paramilitary training academy. I commuted two hours every morning for 10 weeks up to like northern Massachusetts to do this military academy and when I say paramilitary so it was half military style meaning we were up standing at attention at 7 a.m. had to go for our morning runs big on fitness and there was also a classroom component to it in that we had to learn a lot of safety and ethics and you know the prison rules and and a lot of like first aid a lot of classroom stuff as well. So what made you decide to come back to Reading eventually? Again and I was in a long-term relationship that that we just decided it wasn't it wasn't the right fit for me. And at that time, I knew I needed to relocate back home. This is where all my supports were. My friends are here. My sure. family's here. And it was just the right fit for me at that time. So I did relocate back home. And that's when I was like, well, maybe it's time for a career change. So I had no idea what I was going to do. When I actually came home, I did not have a job lined up. And luckily for me, uh, my, my cousin, he was working at a car dealership at the time as the used car sales manager. And he said, you're so outgoing, Meg. Come sell cars. So I did. I sold cars at a Toyota dealership for six months. I did really, really well, but I didn't like it. I'm not a salesperson. Like, I'm a social world person. I'm an empathetic person. I care about more who you are than what kind of car you're going to buy. Right. So I knew it wasn't the fit for me at that time. So after six months of selling cars, I knew I needed to get back in the field that I was comfortable with. So I began employment with service access and management here in Berks County as a mental health case manager. Oh, cool. So was that with Ray at Toyota? Yes, it was. Okay. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes. I know, yes. right? Because I bought my car at Auto Ride. Awesome. 
when he eventually awesome. moved over there. Yes. So, and yep. they were just so great. That's yes. my plug for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Small world. Yes. So I did. I did. I worked at Freedom Toyota up in Hamburg. He was the used car sales manager at that time. Okay. So, awesome. and I had no training. He's like, I don't want you to have any sales training. He's like, I'll train you. Mm-hmm. So it worked out for me. But again, it wasn't. It wasn't my thing. Right. So service access and management is a great community partner here in our area. And in my opinion, does really incredible work. So what did you do there besides what you've already told us? Yeah. So my, my initial role was a blended case manager. And at that time, a blended case manager, I worked in the mental health department. And my job as a mobile case manager was to help individuals who have a mental health diagnosis with whatever goals that they need. So a lot of times it's, they need help with establishing income. They need help with getting set up with their medical assistance or any sort of insurance. Some people needed help with getting providers or specialists, whether it was for behavioral health or physical health, housing needs, transportation needs, budgeting needs, you name it. I did that for my first three years at service access and management. And then that's when I decided I need to go back to school. I knew that I loved what I did, but it was an entry level job and I didn't want any more entry level jobs. And I was Mm -hmm. ready to take the next step. I was in a great place in my life where I just had a lot of time on my hands to go back to school. So I did. And that's when I decided to go back for school counseling. Okay. So where'd you go for that? I went to Kutztown. Kutztown University. Yep. Right here in Berks County. Okay. So your job with the Reading High School is still relatively new then. Yes. Yes. I only started employment there this school year in October. Position became available. I was actually fortunate enough to complete my internship with the Reading School District at the high school level last year. And then the year before that, my practicum experience was also at uh, elementary school here in the Reading School District as well. So I definitely got my feet wet within the district. And I knew that that was the population that I wanted to serve, especially because I was so familiar with this community already. What made you decide to finally go into school counseling? During my employment at Service Access and Management, which I love that job. It spoke true to my heart. I just feel like we're better people when we're helping others. And that was what I did every single day. Mm -hmm. Just helped others. It was really cool. I was out in the community. The job was really flexible, but I knew I I needed more than an entry level job. I was ready to take it to the next level. I was very passionate about what I was doing. And I, again, with my athletic background, I, at the time, was also coaching high school softball at Wyatt Missing Area School District. So I I knew I just had a niche for that high school age group as well. And I thought, I'm going to go back for school counseling. I knew I wanted to work with with high school students. I knew I wanted to keep at the same level of helping, if you will, um, that I was doing at the time when I was working at SAM. So I decided to take the, uh, the leap and I applied. I, I remember thinking about it one night and the next morning I just did it because I told myself, if I think about this too much, I'm going to talk myself out of it every right. single time. So I, I applied uh, for school counseling just at Kutztown because I knew I wanted to stay local. It had to really work with my work schedule. And I got in and I started and it was three years full-time and I did fall, winter, summer, uh, spring and summer just because I wanted to keep things rolling. I was working full-time, going to school full-time. I knew how to fit that internship in. And with my age at the time, I was like 31. So I just knew I wanted to get it. I wanted to get the master's program done and over with. So that's when I decided school counseling. I had a stepson at the time. He was in high school and I was doing a lot of like career planning and processing with him. And he was a great kid, but didn't know what he wanted to do. Something you hear all the time with our, with uh, your high school students. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was like, I want to be a high school counselor because I had a great high school counselor. And I always said, I need to be what I needed 
when I was in high school to those kids. Like that's like my big thing. Um, so now I'm set. I won't be doing more career changes <laughs> just because I love what I do now. But I think that message really needs to get out there that it's okay not to know what you want to do and have things figured out. Yes, I love that because now that I'm doing the live chat, I get to speak with a lot of prospective students and even some students who have maybe been here for a little bit but then have taken some time off. Right. And, you know, when I came here, I had an admissions counselor who was yep. like, it's okay that you don't know, but here's some really great upcoming careers. Mm -hmm. And why don't we just get started in a one-year program? Right. And if I hadn't had that conversation, I wouldn't be here today. Right. So now that I'm doing the live chat, I always say that I want to be the person that I needed back then. I want to be the person that's encouraging. Yeah. It's like, great. It's so wonderful that you want to come back. Let yeah. me get you that information that you need. Right. And, and, and sometimes it's, you have to have the passion for it. You know, I was never the smartest one in the room, but I have passion for those kids. And I know that for me, it was just be what I needed when I was in high school. And that, and honestly, that's the name of the game. And like, if you can motivate them, if you can show them that these are the different career paths and sometimes students just don't know what they don't know. You know, miss, I can't go to school. I can't afford it. Well, so there's this thing called financial aid or scholarships or grant money. You get straight A's and you're an AP student. You know, the road doesn't end there, you know, just because you don't have the money for it now. And again, just informing students of all the different paths that they can take. You, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's so many options and sometimes they don't know what they don't know. Like I, for example, see a lot of first generation college students at my school. Um, and it's exciting to see, you know, because it's a, it's a new world for some of these families. They never had that guidance or that push to go to school. So that's why I'm, I really like the position I'm, I'm in now just kind of helps set the base for, for their future. So when I'm talking with the students on the live chat, I have to agree with you. A lot of them come in and say, they're not really sure that they're going to be able to afford college. And some of them come to me and they're in their classes and all of a sudden they're facing something and they tell me, well, I'm not really sure that I'm going to be able to afford this anymore and I have to withdraw. And I always let them know that RAC participates in so many federal and state funding programs programs and we have lots of scholarships available to students so there are so many opportunities not just here but you know everywhere anywhere someone decides to go there's going to be that funding available and we give away tons and tons of grant money every year and are really here to support the students and you know if they need their GED they can come here and get that for free and then continue on into their program with some financial assistance to get that degree that will help them get that job to make that money that maybe they don't have right now right right nice and, and again I see that a lot especially with my students at the high school level. They just, they don't know what they don't know. And they're, they're not familiar with the financial aid process or they're not familiar with how to complete a FAFSA or they're, they're concerned that maybe their grades their freshman year weren't good enough so they're not eligible for scholarships. And I always tell them it doesn't hurt to apply, you know, find out and then make those educated decisions or, or those life changing decisions, you know, fill out the application, apply to the schools, apply for your financial aid and just see what you get in return and then make those decisions. Don't talk yourself out of it because you don't, you're not aware of, of what's out there for you. Yes. I always say that that's definitely one of my life mottos is if you don't ask, the answer is always no. no. <laughs> so now that I just enrolled in my master's program, I applied for like every scholarship Good I could for you. find. Thank That's you. awesome. Where are you going? I'm going to Southern New Hampshire University awesome. online. Good. It's Good. where I got my bachelor's program. What so. are you going to study? Uh, MBA. Awesome. Business administration. Go get them. That's exciting. Yeah. So I applied for everything I could find. Anything that I thought I even remotely qualified for, I was like, I'm going for it. Because if you don't try it, it's always going to be no. You're not going to get it. Right. And even at the master's level, I was, I too was very fortunate that I, I applied for a scholarship. It was like a local scholarship that was being offered here in Berks County. And and I got it. And again, it, it wasn't a lot of money, but it was something, you know, and, and I applied for that scholarship 
scholarship all three years that I was in for my master's program. And I was lucky enough to receive and be awarded that scholarship uh, money every single semester that I was That's in. Awesome. So, so that was really exciting. But again, yeah, sometimes you, you just don't know what you don't know. And, and it, it doesn't hurt to ask, even at the institutes that you are applying, just, just ask what their scholarship and grant programs look like. So what challenges do you face now being a school counselor with things sort of being virtual and in person? I want to see my students. I I just love the face-to-face interaction, and I feel there's a level of disconnect when we're trying to serve our students right now in the virtual world. It's um, They're not as accessible as we would like them to be. Trying to call or trying to email or trying to get students to see you on a Google Meet, it's it's not as easy as if they were right down the hall and, you know, Miss Smith's class and I can just go pull them out of class to really get that one-on-one experience with them. But it's really exciting because now more than ever, this pandemic has really spiked some mental health concerns. It's really evident that kids want to be in school, especially at our school. We, we've been virtual this whole school year and kids are begging to come back. Uh, I get a lot of kids that just really miss, they miss the staff, they miss the structure, they, sure. miss, they miss that in-person learning experience. So they don't really get a chance to develop those social skills that really you get from being at school. Right, right. And a lot of times they might feel isolated. Their parents or their guardians might have to go to work during the day. So they're spending time alone, locked up in, not locked up in their bedroom, but in their bedroom during doing their schoolwork. And they just really miss that social interaction, which isn't healthy for us at all the time, you sure. know? And Reading didn't always have their sports teams active this school year with the pandemic and not being in person. So a lot of the kiddos got to miss out on, on their senior year sports or, mm-hmm. you know, being able to participate in the, that sport that they wanted to their freshman year. So again, making friends at your freshman year was more challenging because you didn't have that interaction. What advice would you give to our listeners and our students who want to pursue a career in maybe either criminal justice or social work? Go for it. Do it. It's it's worked well for me. Um, there's so many opportunities out there, especially if you're local and in Berks County. And also take advantage of like the opportunities that are available. Take the internship, go on the different job interviews, market yourself, put yourself out there. Because right here in Berks County, I was really, really fortunate to get a lot of good gigs. I made sure that when I was in my undergrad, I had an internship lined up because I knew that was going to get me in the door somewhere. Absolutely. Same thing in my master's experience. Just really take advantage of those opportunities. And I know we have so many opportunities here in Berks County and there's so many agencies that if your school can't help you get lined up with those internships, there's other community stakeholders and resources available that I don't think people are always familiar with and just go for it. So those sound like really great opportunities. What is the career outlook like for this field in our area? In the human services or in the social services, there's definitely a lot of opportunity out there, especially the social work background. There's case management in welfare. There's case management in mental health. We have hospitals social workers. We have school social workers. You know, there's a social worker pretty much for every niche right now. And because the turnover rate, I mean, that's definitely a factor when you're in this field. You know, people can burn out when you're exposed to secondary traumas. Sometimes you really have to develop good coping skills, but there's always a demand in those fields right now, especially here in our hometown. That's great advice. Thank you for sharing with us today. And thanks for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Your story has just been really incredible to listen to. And I enjoyed it. I knew that I was going to enjoy talking to you when Peggy and I were talking about having you on. So it's just been really great to listen to you today. Well, thank you for inviting me. Like I said, I I know I wasn't alone when I knew I had no idea what I wanted to do. And that's the one message I just want to get across, that it's okay not to know what you want to do. There's definitely the resources out there to help you find your path. If you are thinking about working in criminal justice or social work, we can help you get there. The Criminal Justice Associate of Applied Science degree prepares students to work in the field of law enforcement. Graduates are prepared for employment as police officers, deputy sheriffs, 
corrections officers, youth detention officers, immigration detention officers, private investigators, and many more positions. We also offer a social work associate of arts degree that can be completed entirely online. The program prepares students to transfer into a bachelor's program. Classes include a general education core, as well as social policy, American government, and human behavior. You can also complete your Bachelor of Social Work degree from Kutztown University right here on RAC's campus. As a RAC graduate, you can transfer seamlessly to Kutztown's program and continue to complete classes close to home. To get started today, email admissions at rack.edu or call 610-607-6224. Classes are starting soon, and you are never more than a few weeks away from your fresh start. Be sure to check back each week as we bring you more inspiring stories of student success. Download the app or visit us at buzzsprout.com. I'm Sonia Rieger on the Reading Area Community College Podcast, and I can't wait to see you next time. Bye. Bye.